Hi, I'm John. And I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. And I'm married to a beautiful lady named Anne, who is one in whom Christ dwells and delights. And I have three teenage children. Isaac, who is a full of life and very autonomous 19-year-old. Sam, who is a very gentle soul, a 17-year-old with chronic fatigue. And I have a little daughter, Michaela. I keep saying little daughter, she's 14. And she's becoming a woman before my eyes and going through that uncertain phase. And what I'm learning is that God is especially fond of each of them. And I'm in a room right now. We're all in a room right now with a sea of people who are created in the image of God. And each of us have been shaped as unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. And we in this room are actually part of a much larger world, aren't we? We live and move and breathe in a world that is loved, deeply loved. For emphasis, deeply, deeply, deeply loved by a God of love because God is love. And the God that Jesus knows and the God that Jesus introduces us to, the God that Jesus reveals, is a good and beautiful God who specialises in transformation. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that. And for the next 15 minutes or so, what I'm going to be sharing is really much more about vision than a whole lot of teaching. And I've entitled this talk, Fully Alive, Freely Aligned. And to start with, I want to share just a reflection of what it's been like for me to travel over to James Bryan Smith's gathering. He has a formation and gathering that they call TAG, the Apprentice Gathering, over in the US. And for five of the last seven years, I've gone over there, annual gathering. Now, the really big cost about this gathering as a Victorian is that he always places it on grand final weekend. <laughs> so I'm often watching the grand final at two o'clock in the morning and it'd be great to actually have some friends next year. We could have a little party or something. We can go over together. Um, but let me just say a couple of things about being in that space with a whole group of people who are exploring what is life like when we begin to see everything through the lens that God is good and beautiful, that God is a God of love, that God specialises in transformation, that Jesus time and time again revealed a God who specialises in seeking and finding lost things, in touching and healing broken things. And that formation language is woven all the way through the Bible. I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but the second verse in Scripture starts talking about this. Very first verse of the Bible, just to get us warmed up, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, 
First statement. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the deep. And in the same breath it says, the spirit of God was brooding. I don't know about you, at times I felt like my life is so formless, so dark, so empty that I'm beyond help. There might be a part of you this morning that's thinking if you just knew the dark, formless, empty bits in me, you'd be gravely concerned. And yet we're told spirit specialises in brooding in these spaces. And I found it very helpful to, in an annual rhythm, connect with a group of people who are seeing scripture, seeing the ministry of Jesus, seeing the ministry of the church, seeing how healthy formation can lead to healthy mission. These are all really important conversations, kingdom conversations that belong together. And one of the things that I found very helpful is going to a place which is almost... And I had this Aboriginal symbol of a, of a watering hole or a gathering place come to mind as I was imagining sharing this this morning. My experience has been going to a watering hole, going to a place where God is drawing together and integrating what has often been held apart. One of the distinctives of formation expressions all around the world is that they're ecumenical. Very often in our denominations, there's been some real strengths about our denominations, but they've often held apart things that belong together. So often evangelical churches have so emphasised the word that we've become quite sceptical or suspicious around spirit. Or there's been contemplative churches that say words, 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 there's too many words, we want to do away with words. Let's stop and listen and kind of define themselves that way. And others are saying, you know, it's great to gaze at your navel, but we've got to get out there and do it. Got to be a social justice church, got to be a mission church. And we've kind of viewed these as alternatives or mutually exclusive. They're not, they belong together. And so one of the things that I'm finding happening is there is an increasing number of people who are recognising that we as people need to be drawn to conversations which are integrating what the Spirit is seeking to draw together. And in myself, realising the importance of head, hand and heart learning all coming together. And so, for example, um, those who were here for the Leaders Day with Jim on the Thursday, one of the big conversations was around the importance of Sabbath. And it has to be more than a head knowledge. I have to know more than the Sabbath. You know, that shall keep the Sabbath is, is the fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments. I need to know more than that. And I need to have more than just a hand learning of what to do or not to do on the Sabbath. There actually needs to be a heart conversion. That if I don't have a picture of God as a good and beautiful God that I don't have to earn my salvation with, I'm not going to practice Sabbath if I feel like I've got to keep making it happen. Or if I have this assumption that somehow I have to be the Messiah and I've got this job description that's just so huge, I'm not going to keep Sabbath. There needs to be heart conversion as well. And these are not mutually exclusive. They all belong together. The other thing that I've noticed is 
how helpful it is to have people who are coming together who are open to kind of three invitations. The first is to participate. We never outgrow the need to participate in transformative environments. So that can be just you and God in prayer, in scripture, in solitude, keeping Sabbath. It can simply be you and one other person. You might have a mentor or a coach or a spiritual director. It can be a local church environment. But we regularly need environments which we can participate in and be shaped by. And we never outgrow the need for that. But next to that, there's an invitation to facilitate. And I think at times we can be tempted to think, well, it's just really James Bryan Smith that needs to facilitate or, or somebody with a profile who, who facilitates these kinds of spaces. But part of the way that God has created you and me is that we all have a little kingdom or a queendom. We have say over stuff. And we have influence, we've been given influence. And so as a parent, I have a role to help facilitate a journey, a home, an environment that helps my children. As a friend, I need to go to the pub with Andrew and have a kingdom conversation as we speak into each other's lives and create and shape environment where we're facilitating for each other. Space where God can do work that wouldn't otherwise happen. And so everybody in this room has influence. Everybody in this room has the capacity to help shape the environments that you're part of. And then also there's this third invitation to innovate. Innovation takes all sorts of different forms. It can be renewing something that you're already in. Or it can also be recognising that the new thing that God is doing needs a new wineskin. And again, we might think that innovation is just for the select few who are artists or designers. But we are all created in the image of the creator. And God is wanting to birth in us new things. And what I found incredibly helpful is being part of an environment where people are saying, actually, Jesus has the best information available on how to live well, or what an abundant life looks like. And apprenticeship to him, head, hand and heart learning. The first command, loving the Lord, our God, with all that we are. And to do it in context, in community with others. Yes, participating in environments, but also being intentional around what's my role in helping facilitate, helping my neighbour? And what's our role collectively in imagining? Like so many of the song, words in the songs this morning were these beautiful words about imagining this world where shalom is just flowing. And we get to be a part of that. It's the greatest adventure, as James was talking about last night. 
I've entitled this little vision piece, Fully Alive and Freely Aligned. What, what I notice as I travel and as I spend time with different people, different groups, different communities who are interested in formation is two things happen. One is in a, in a healthy space, people have this experience of becoming fully alive, who they're created to be, as they become more like Jesus. Jesus said to the disciples, be with me so you can become like me. In Mark chapter 3, be with me is the first reason given, so that you can, and he lists a bunch of things that he's just been doing, preaching, healing, serving. And we become fully alive. And Irenaeus, who is the second century Christian, one of the early church fathers, is credited with saying, it's not an exact translation of what he actually said, but I love the English phrasing here, the glory of God is a human being, a human person, fully alive. But part of what we're saying here is it's not just happening on an individual level. In spaces where people are becoming fully alive, it's not just one person or two people. And I love Dallas and, you know, I keep apologising. I try and get at least five minutes into one of these presentations without quoting Dallas. But he has some great language around this. He says, The aim of God in history is the creation of an all-inclusive community of loving persons with God included as the prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. This world that we're in, this world that's loved, is in the middle of a Trinitarian dance, to use some of the language from the the song before. And we get to be swept up in that and part of that. And so it's not just about being fully alive in myself as I respond to Jesus. It's also about recognising actually God's doing this all around me and the options change. And you may um, have noticed our logo. Firstly, the birds are with wings outstretched, fully alive. Being, doing what they're created to. But secondly, you'll notice it's not just a single bird. The wisdom of migrating birds is that it is more fun and more fruitful to fly together. And I love being in environments where I have the joy of hopping on somebody else's wing, being in their slipstream, reaching new heights, exploring new dimensions to what this life's about. And I'm also incredibly humbled when people come alongside me and say, John, go for it. Do it. I'm right here. I'm on your wing. And this is my sense of what God, I think, is wanting to do in this space moving forward. This first year, this first gathering, and we've used the same language that, that Jim's used over in the States. I like, I like this term gathering rather than just conference. You know, tonight and today and last night we've named conference because this is the kind of format we're in. But it, the, the overall pattern of what we've done this year has been three days in slightly different formats where we're engaging in slightly different ways 
in order to discern, okay, who's in the room? What are the, what are the conversations that are bubbling up? What are the ways that God's wanting to integrate us? In recent times, there's been quite a lot of research into how we as people are wired. And the fact that we are very social creatures, even the introverts, and that we do need each other, but that different kinds of relationships are possible and different kinds of activities are possible depending on the size of the group. And so modern architects talk about four main spaces, the intimate, personal, social and public. And so when they design different spaces, they don't design a bedroom in the same way as the foyer out there. You know, the roof heights and all that stuff, it changes. And it's interesting when you read all this modern stuff, you think, hmm, I think I've seen something like that before. And you look back at Jesus' ministry and how intentional he was. But the way that we're wired is that there are people that we can journey with in seasons of our life where they have the most intimate knowing of us, almost a naked knowing, where they've seen us at our best and our worst and they still show up. But the reality is we don't have an infinite capacity for that. Most of us only have one or two people, up to three people in that space. That's all we can manage. And then there's kind of a next circle of knowing, which are people who are up on what's happening with you. But you may have been able to do a little bit of, um, you know, management of the public face. They don't, haven't seen you quite at your worst or they're not quite as involved as that inner circle. And they're in our personal space. And then there's a social space of people that, um, you know, it may have been people who were further in in previous seasons of our life and, and they're the kind of people that we could just pick up a conversation with, you know, it might be 10 years later and, and, and they're in that space and they know us, they'd come to our funeral, that kind of stuff. Um, and, then, and then there's the public, which is more the crowd. And I've talked a bit about footy, but I'm a Collingwood supporter. I went and saw a grand final a few years ago and there were all these grown men crying when we won. And it was this certain level of intimacy and it was genuine, but it was in this public space, you know. We, 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 we all were at the tribe wearing the same colours. And one of the things that's talked about is we, we often greatly underestimate how important the social and public belonging is. We often think that the only relationships that matter are the ones up the other end. And what's happening is a lot of people are losing the sense of being part of community, losing the sense of having a collective story. And what I've found from attending Jim's conference regularly, gathering regularly, is how helpful it is to build into my rhythm some intentionality around having some spaces where I'm being plugged into something bigger than me. Where I'm able to bump up against, so you, you would have sensed a bit of the wrestle last night when Jim was asking these questions and there are people in the room who use slightly different language 
And at times, Jim's using slightly different language to what I'm used to. He speaks a bit funny. But the kind of listening that happens when you're in that space is different. There's more opportunity for conversion. There's more opportunity for repentance. There tends to be a posture where we're more open to be aligned in something beyond us when we're in these spaces. So what I'd like to do is simply say I'm in to a kingdom experiment of being intentional about a gathering like this. And I'd love you to join me in that. And not that it's somehow my thing, it's not. What I've found fascinating about this gathering is there is a college and not just one Northside church, there's two Northside churches and there's people like me who have come from interstate. There's a range of denominations. There are people who have come from other countries. And God, right in the DNA, this founding DNA is saying, actually, guys, what you think this is, just think bigger. What you think this is, think more kingdom. There's more to see here. So I do want to thank the different churches, ACOM, who I represent. I do want to thank each of you for leaning in and being part of what is an experiment. And I've just talked about these different spaces. As Andrew mentioned before, we do have intentional formation groups, formation cohorts. If you want to find out more about some of that stuff, I'm going to be out at the table through most breaks today, really just happy to chat with you some more if you want to explore some stuff that's connected with our college. But there are churches who are doing great stuff. There's lots of different experiments that are popping up. Love you to connect with each other and explore some of that together. Before closing, I also want to mention that in your bags, you've been given a little outline of theoretically what's meant to be happening today. And I think we're doing pretty well to this point. Um, But on the back of it is a feedback space. And this is not just a tokenistic thing. Whether you use this particular form of giving us feedback or whether you'd like to grab my card and send me an email, whether you'd like to feed it in some other way, we would really love some collective discernment around, okay, out of what's been happening these last few days, what's been illuminated for you? What's coming into the foreground? What do you sense God might be up to? What is it that you're seeing? What might be helpful as we move forward? We've deliberately kept it simple this year. No breakout sessions, no electives. We've, just, we've gone simple but we realise there's probably ways we could start leaning into grouping people around key conversations, working out ways to get on each other's wings a bit more. So we'd love, love some collective wisdom on that. And so these can be collected um, throughout the day. There's going to be, and particularly towards the end of the day, at the end of the conference, there's going to be some bags which are just named, um, named and you'll be able to, able to see them and put them in there and we'd appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to close with a quote. A bit more Dallas Willard, sorry. When I read this, this today is what I dreamed of as a vehicle, as a way of moving into that more. 
And I think what I'd like to say, just in framing this, is, is Dallas is not thinking that this is going to start in heaven, start way down the road. He's imagining that actually there's a whole lot of continuity with what's happening right now and our eternal destiny, as he talks about. Our destiny is to join a tremendously creative team effort. In that already, he's saying kingdom is not a spectator sport. Kingdom is not an individual sport. It's collective. It's participation. Under unimaginably splendid leadership. Don't know about you, but I know we need the wisdom of Jesus more than ever. And what does it mean for all of us in our little kingdoms and queendoms to understand how we might use our influence under that kind of leadership? On an, ev- on an, on an inconceivably vast plane of activity with ever more comprehensive cycles of productivity and enjoyment. It's going to be fun. Can I pray with you? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, the verse that's coming to mind is in Philippians 1, where it celebrates the fact that you who have begun a good work in us is carrying it on to completion, will carry it on to completion. that you are able to save us completely. You know us. You know every detail about us. You know what we most need. And you choose us. You dwell and delight in us and you invite us into the easy yoke alongside you. And Lord, we want to afresh this morning Yield ourselves, submit ourselves, hand over control and welcome you, welcome your leadership, your unimaginably splendid leadership. And Lord, we want to do that with some new friends. And we want to explore what's possible in this life. When you say that you've come to offer us life in all its fullness, in all its abundance, we want to taste that and we want to share that freely. And so, Lord, we ask for your wisdom and your grace and we pray all these things with great confidence because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.